Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today for this episode of the Loveland Libcast is Ashley Reger, Research and Development Culinary Coordinator for Snooze Restaurants and a contributor to Westward, as well as our special guest, Molly Martin, who is the Food and Drink Editor for Westward. Ashley and Molly, welcome to the Loveland Libcast. Thank you. Hi. 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 Welcome back, Ashley. <laughs> and welcome first-timer Molly, too. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, we're delighted to have you. And of course, Ashley, welcome back. Always happy to, to see you and get to talk to you. We are going to discuss April's Loveland Cookbook Group book, which is going to be Cook This Book by Molly Baz and another Molly, our, <laughs> our guest, Molly Martin. You're here to discuss that with us as well. But before we get to cook this book, I wanted to get to know you a little bit. And as I mentioned, you are the food and drink editor for Westward. But what is your cooking background? Did you grow up cooking? Do you have work or school experience cooking? Yeah, so I actually grew up in a bed and breakfast in southern Vermont. My parents owned a bed and breakfast, so I was always around cooking. My mom helped found and run a gourmet catering business there. So food was always a really big part of my life. But Oddly, I was a very picky eater <laughs> as a child, so I didn't really start cooking a ton until I got a little bit older and I had my daughter and I had to learn to feed her <laughs> and make sure she was being healthy and nutritious. So I got into cooking then really and just really dove headfirst into it and loved, and loved it so much. And, and that's kind of what led me to writing actually uh, for publications about food is because I was going to school for writing at Metro and just always worked food into my creative writing assignments, which led me to doing some freelancing. And years later, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious too, Ashley and Molly, how did you two meet one another? I'll take this. So Molly and I worked together starting in about 2016. We worked together at Savory Spice Shop in Denver. She was the lead on digital marketing and I was the test kitchen chef there. And so we clicked pretty, pretty immediately as soon as <laughs> I got over my shyness to talk to her. <laughs> and we shared a love for food and, and writing. And she was my editor whenever I would write things <laughs> at Savory, write things for Savory's products or blog or what have you. So Ashley was my excuse to spend as much time in the test kitchen as I could. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any favorite meals or dishes, Molly, that you always go back to? Or yeah, like to I mean, I definitely... I definitely have some like go-tos. I'd say like roast chicken is like a pretty standard. Probably once a week I do a roast chicken because it's so easy. Um, I cook a lot of pasta um, just because I love pasta. A lot of grilling in the in the summer, but I really like to change things up. And Ashley and I have done several together, and, and I love to do kind of like dinner parties where we do a theme, and it's a great excuse. So it, even if it's not with a cookbook it necessarily, though sometimes it has been, we pick, you know, we've done a Thai dinner. I recently did with some friends a pasta night that was like really non-traditional pastas. I did like a cheeseburger ravioli. So those are really fun ways to kind of break out of your of your go-tos and try different recipes and different techniques. Are cookbooks your go-to to find things? Or it, we talk a lot about social media 
where you can find recipes and things? Yeah, I have a cookbook collection at home, but there are several that I go back to often because I think they're really solid at techniques. I rarely follow a recipe to the T, which is why I'm not a great baker. I really lean much more towards cooking because I can't help myself but to change things. So I really like to read recipes as a reference guide and then kind of put them down and get into the kitchen and let my imagination go. (laughs) (laughs) Recipes are really suggestions. (laughs) Yeah. bringing it back to westward for folks who aren't familiar with what westward is could you give us an idea of what that is where people could access it or find it and then tell us about how you became the food and drink editor yeah sure so westward was founded in 1977 by patty calhoun and she is still the editor today She works harder than any person I've ever met, and she is probably the most knowledgeable person about Denver I've ever ever known, um, or that probably there even is in town. Um, She is just a Denver encyclopedia of history and people and cool stories. So Westward is an alt-weekly free newspaper that comes out every week in print, but we also do a ton of online content just for food stories. We do three, our goal is three stories a day. Sometimes we do more than that. So that's westward.com. You can check in as often as you like. And then, of course, we are super active on social media, too. Facebook, Instagram, trying TikTok now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Westward, I think, is is an important resource for people in Denver because we often try to take a look at issues in a way that I think other publications don't. So, yeah, check us out online. (laughs) (laughs) All right. <laughs> yeah, and, and how did you get involved and, and then become the food and drink editor? Yeah, so I, I did free, I've done freelance writing mostly about food for about six or seven years on the side while I had a full time career in marketing, which I always tried to also pivot towards food. But after the pandemic happened in 2020, I was doing marketing for a restaurant group and it was just a very hard year for everybody, you know, and, and being in that industry. and. I decided I needed a change. So I put in my notice there. I took some time off and it just happened that while I had that time off, Mark Antonation, who did an amazing job as the food editor at Westward for seven years, decided to move on to the Colorado Restaurant Association. So that opened up the opportunity for me and I applied. I started last May and it's been really the most satisfying and fun job I've ever had. And it's super cool to be able to focus on Denver's really super thriving food scene um, on a full-time basis. Is it a lot of restaurant reviews or just kind of what, just the whole food and drink scene? a whole other podcast, restaurant reviews. um, (laughs) So we actually, we don't have a food critic and we have Westwood has not for a few years. And really we've, don't have plans to bring one back. Review, reviews in the way people think of them, you know, going to a restaurant and then writing up your experience and calling out things that were wrong really doesn't feel right in this kind of since COVID and restaurants are struggling in so many ways. But yes, it is a lot of talking about restaurants, but not necessarily reviews. I do a series called Short Stop, which is basically things that should be on your culinary shortlist this week. They're just their recommendations and that'll be read kind of like a review. But really what we focus on is I like to say like uplifting Denver's food scene. So whether that's restaurants, chefs, breweries, distilleries, people who are making, you know, packaged food goods, it, it could be really any anything that touches food, we're interested in telling those those stories. And it really is very people focused because that's 
that's the heart of food. You know, you can talk about how good a taco is all day long, but when you really dig into who's making it and why and where these came from, that's where things get really interesting. So that's, that's what we try to do a lot of. So you, are you kind of on a team looking for, you know, what's going on or just yeah. meeting people, networking and kind of knowing? I, yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> I, use any I can get my hands on. So it's, it's just me full time in the office, but I manage a team of freelancers. Ashley, for instance, has, has written for us and is a great contributor. So it's nice to have really smart people out in the world that can bring story ideas to you. I, you know, I'm constantly networking. I'm constantly on social media and I'm constantly just trying to go out into the world and get a feel for what's going on. So yeah, it's just basically learning to keep your eyes open for stories at all times, no matter where you might find them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like people, you know, Loveland or this region, Fort Collins, especially Mm -hmm. something if they were knew they were going to go down and see the Rockies or something this weekend, Oh yeah, they should check out Westward, look at food and drink and then get some ideas. Oh, let's check that out. Let's go here. Okay. Yeah, and we cover our, our distribution doesn't reach quite to Fort Collins and Loveland, but does reach, you know, North Boulder way. Sometimes we'll cover things outside of that scope. But yeah, definitely if you're heading down to, to Denver for anything, um, we have plenty of ideas for you as to where to eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> and are there any highlights either recently or that are coming up that you want to share with people um, yeah, around this time sure. that, that they should look for or keep an eye on that are coming up? Oh, yeah. So today, our Best of Denver 2022 issue came out. So it'll hit the, the red three newsstands that you see around Denver. It'll hit that tomorrow. That's Thursday, April we 7th, April 7th, <laughs> Best of Denver hit stands. And it's online now. And the food section alone, I think we ended with 127 categories for winners in everything from, you know, Best Ramen, Best Pho to, you know, Best New Restaurant, Best Distiller, just the whole gamut. So that's a really huge issue for us. The whole team works incredibly hard on it. It's literally like a very thick issue. <laughs> so you can get one and keep it all year long and refer back to it. So that's it's very exciting to, to see that and have that in our hands today because we've all worked super hard on it for the last really month or so. And then we have an event coming up on June 4th, Taco Landia, which is a taco festival. And that'll be super fun. Uh, And it's coming back after the pandemic. So everyone's really excited about that. So that'll be on June 4th. And the tickets are on sale now. So come and join us for Taco Landia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) For folks who are in our region, will the Best of Denver, will that be available online? All year long. Yeah. And actually, it stays online forever. You can actually look back at all the previous years. Best of Denver's as well are online. So, yeah, it's a great resource to check in with anytime. And if they they wanted a hard copy of that, mm-hmm. is the best thing just be in Denver and looking for, yes, or ask, can they ask, your, ask anyone you know in Denver to grab a pile for you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we do also post the digital version of the print issue. If you search like for flip books on our website, we post them as flip books on there. So if you wanted to see, you know, what it actually looked like laid out you can look at it that way as well but yeah to get a hard copy you'd have to have a hookup in denver okay all right (laughs) maybe they can pick one up at taco landia yes (laughs) the clipbooks thing is fun i didn't know that that was available online so that's really cool yeah i actually didn't really know that (laughs) we're all learning together (laughs) 
<laughs> all right. Well, well, thank you so much for all of that information, Molly. Thank you again for being on this episode. And yeah, people should go check out Westward. I know we're so close to Denver that people, yeah, have all kinds of reasons to go to Denver. And, and so, yeah, they should be looking at Westward. Look out for it when they're there and get a better idea of what the food and drink scene is like and see those those things that you're spotlighting for people to to know to check out. Yeah. It's also just a lot of great stories, like I said. So even if you're not necessarily able to go eat at that place, I think it's a great way to get informed about what's happening to people in our state and the, the struggles they're still having, the successes that they're having, no matter where you are in the state. So Thank you. And then we're going to start talking about our April cookbook. But first, I wanted to ask you about the Korean Vegan cookbook meeting, Ashley, and there was anything, anything that came up in that cookbook group meeting that was interesting or things you wanted to share, impressions people had about either the, the kit, if they got it, or just the cookbook in general? Yeah, so we talked a lot about our kit for the, I believe it was the spicy soy sauce dressing recipe. A lot of people were able to take that home and make it. I made that as well, and it was really delicious. I still have some in my fridge that I dip my cucumbers in. <laughs> uh, we were able to give out a jar of Virgil Dickerson's cream kimchi, and we talked a lot about Korean ingredients, especially kimchi and things like gojujang and gojugaru, which is a spicy chili paste and a dried spicy chili flake, respectively. And that was really interesting to be able to talk about these ingredients that not everyone has in their pantries or in their fridges and kind of share some of our community knowledge all about those ingredients. So it was a learning experience on all sides for us. That is excellent. And I hope there are some people because I remember our conversation with Virgil is a lot about, you know, spice and being able to, to make things a little bit add a little more heat. So <laughs> hope that people kind of take advantage of that knowledge and using those ingredients too. our April cookbook is cook this book techniques that teach and recipes to repeat a cookbook by Molly Baz. The Zoom meeting for that cookbook group is April 13th, and that is the same time as normal, so starts at 6.30 if people want to join that. And then we will have... This episode is probably going to come out after that, so hopefully people enjoyed it <laughs> listening. Or if you couldn't make it, if you missed it, this is something where you can learn more about Molly Baz and that cookbook. And the cookbook kits will also have launched... I'm not familiar with Molly Baz, but what made you decide to pick this cookbook for April? Yeah, so actually going back to how Molly Martin and I met, when we worked together, we were both huge fans of Bon Appetit. So Bon Appetit was doing a lot of video content at the time, and one of their main video stars was Molly Baz, and she's this very cool chick vibe. She has a very California vibe, I think. Very cool lady. She came up and worked in many very fine dining style restaurants in New York City and I think around the country. During the pandemic, Condé Nast, the parent company of Bon Appetit, had a bit of a shakeup as far as their food media and how food media interacts with race goes. And so Molly Baz actually left Bon Appetit after that shakeup, went out on her own. So she's now an independent recipe developer, and she launched her cookbook, which is Cook This Book. And what really got me interested in this, because honestly, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, cool, like another, you know, another internet 
chef has a cookbook now, but I listened to her on a podcast called Cherry Bomb. And she was talking about how much effort she put into this book about teaching basic techniques. And throughout the book, there's actually QR codes for secret videos, videos that you can only access if you have the QR code about how to learn to cut an onion or how to cut a roasted chicken. So I thought that was so cool how accessible she was focused on making this book. And honestly, like now having the book in front of me, she has all of her ingredients for every recipe separated out by produce, meat, and pantry. So it's so easy. It's something that we never think about. We interact with recipes all the time on the internet, you know, in books, on social media. But these little, little tiny changes make them so much more accessible and easy to use. And so that's what I think is really cool about her book. It makes it more welcome to get into the kitchen as someone who may not cook that much. Has that been your experience with Molly Vaz as well, Molly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I share all of that. Not only do Molly Paz and I share a first name, um, <laughs> we also share a love for Caesar salad, although she likes to call it sea sal. That's kind of one of her things is like a lot of kind of cutesy slang abbreviations for stuff, um, which which is also fun. But yeah, what I, what I kind of love about her recipes when she was at Bon Appetit, and to be fair, I do not own Cook This Book, though Ashley and I did cook out of it one night, so I have taken a, a glance through it, and we did try some of the recipes. But what I always loved about her recipes at Bon Appetit was that she has a great way of using not too many ingredients, but creating like very punchy big flavors, and they're kind of combinations that you might not always expect. So I, I kind of look to her for, for not only technique, like Ashley's saying, because she, she is good at a lot of basics for for instance, she's super known for loving salt. She will never not season things to a point where you think it's maybe too much. And, and that has really affected how I cook at home. I've, I've noticed that just kind of boosting salt a little bit when I maybe would have held back before gives it almost more of a restaurant quality taste. So things like that from her, I think are really insightful and come from her background in restaurants. So yeah, I, I find her to be really a cool chef to follow. <laughs> And is she kind of known for, for cooking just about anything or does she have kind of her corner, the sea sal? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking before we hopped on to record today, how I would categorize her cookbook. And I think for me, this is true new American cooking and new American is such a, maybe Molly has a more defined <laughs> description of this, but to me, new American is just like how we're cooking these days. It's a blend of all different cultures, bringing it into one language that we can all speak. And yeah, she, as Molly said, she focuses on her Caesar salad. She has roast chicken, but she brings in other flavors. So like our kit for this book, uh, the peanutty pork noodles with crunchy celery, she uses like fettuccine pasta, but brings in some Thai flavors with peanuts peanut butter, sriracha. So that makes it really special. And for example, the recipe that I really, really love from this cookbook is the pastrami roast chicken. And so you see like Jewish flavors brought in. She has other Asian influences in this book. Anchovy paste is used a lot, like Italian, Asian, Thai, Jewish, like all of these things all combine together to make a really like interesting and trendy and but cohesive feel to her food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I love, 
I love how I feel like in recipes coming out now that we're pulling from so many different cultures and it's making these ingredients something that anyone can have in their pantry and know how to use it to punch up flavor. And like, I don't have to be cooking Korean food, let's say, to use gochujang. Like I can find other ways. I can, I understand the flavor now and I can find ways to incorporate it and it really opens up your culinary world, I think, in a new way that's super fun and exciting. That's something as someone who just cooks a little bit. That is something I, I run into, though, is getting an ingredient for something specific. And I'm like, well, unless I make that again, right. I don't know what to do with this. So that is, yeah, that's great to hear that you can see that ingredient showing up in more and different recipes. Does this book cover, you know, does it have breakfast, lunch, dinner? Is it throughout the day eating? I think it is throughout the day eating. She actually separates it out by, she has a whole section on eggs she has a section on poultry. She has a beef, pork, and lamb section. And then she has a huge veggie section, snack section. And then my favorite section is actually at the back of the book where she pulls out all of the sauces that she's made throughout the book. So she calls it the jujit section. And so there's things like salad dressings in there and marinades and like the soy butter that she uses on the on Brussels sprouts earlier in the book is at the back. So that way you have like a quick index of, okay, I need just a sauce really quick. And they're very, very simple things that you can just whip together for what you've already made. All right. Yeah, this sounds like a, a great kind of cookbook just for overall especially beginners. And that when you're talking about how she lays out the recipes, I was recreating the peanutty pork noodles with crunchy celery recipe to, to include in the kits. And I noticed that how it was written out. And I was like, oh, that is pretty cool because even, even just going to the store, you can kind of <laughs> get an idea of like where you need to go. If you're as much of a beginner as I am, where you're just <laughs> some stuff, you're like, I don't even know where to begin to find this. Uh, but, but that is really nice. But then also, yeah, where it's, it's those kind of, so it can kind of get a little more advanced or just when you want to perk things up or zhuzh them up as Molly <laughs> Bass might say. <laughs> I actually think she's a great resource for people who don't cook a lot, who want to impress friends at a dinner party um, because she's so good at using pretty simple techniques and, and short ingredient lists to create things that you wouldn't think. Like Ashley mentioned that soy butter. And I think that's a really super awesome example. Like that recipe was so simple. Neither one of us had ever thought to do something like a soy butter before but it was just so packed with flavor. So I think if you showed up with that at a friend's dinner party, they'd be like, oh, are you gourmet chef now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really, it was like super simple to make, so. <laughs> right. This night that we cooked out of this book together, I think we chose three or maybe even four recipes from the book. We went to the store, got all the ingredients, and we were eating within, what, like two hours? Including yeah, we didn't going even to have stores. to buy that many things because most yeah. of it was pantry stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> And then we had a very, like, cool, cool girl spread, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you both for that overview so people can uh, check out that book. And, yeah, even if they miss the cookbook group meeting, still finding that book or putting it on hold, taking a look at it. And it sounds like Molly Baz is also, you can find her kind of all over on YouTube or social media, things like that. Yeah, so she's on pretty heavily on Instagram. She actually has a Patreon as well for people who want to subscribe to her. They can get, you know, exclusive recipes and, and stuff. So her website is also very cool and very 
like branded to her style. So I wanted to ask both of you as well. You already kind of touched on this with making things from cook this book, but have you had any other cooking successes or, you know, interesting recipes that you've tried, or even if there are places that you've gone to eat that you thought were pretty cool and and would like to share with people? Yeah, I have one. (laughs) I I actually, this past weekend, so because I am out eating a lot, and frankly, because we've been doing this Best of Denver issue and I've just been so busy, I have not been cooking as much as I normally like to. So on Sunday, I decided to do a cooking day and I ended up making this kind of platter spread for a few friends while we watched the Grammys. And it was super fun because I took from a whole bunch of different resources. So for instance, Ashley taught me... (laughs) probably a few years ago now about slow roasting tomatoes, especially when tomatoes are not in season and you're getting kind of those, those not so juicy, ripe, beautiful tomatoes that you get in summer. But if you slow roast them at a very low temperature for a few hours, they become really caramelized and almost like sun-dried tomatoes. So I slow roasted a ton of tomatoes. And then I took a Molly Boz recipe from Bon Appetit, which is this marinated um, zucchini that she does in that recipe with hazelnuts on it and mint and serves it over ricotta. But instead of that, I kind of did the same technique, but I, I wanted dill because I like dill and it went with the other things I was doing. So I subbed that out. And instead of ricotta, I made a yogurt dip. <laughs> and so it was just kind of that whole like idea of taking these techniques and ideas and tips you get and combining them all to make this one really cool meal. So yeah, I would just encourage anyone who maybe doesn't cook a lot or, you know, does tend to stick to the recipes, take those techniques and play around because you can end up with some really beautiful And Ashley, how about you? Yeah, so I think the thing that is on my mind about what has been good that I've made lately, I made a pork tenderloin on the grill a couple of days ago. I like to season the pork with onion and paprika and garlic and, of course, salt and pepper. And then probably some either hatch green chili powder or hatch red chili powder because we like spice here in our house. And and grilled it up and it was just so simple and so good it's like coming out of winter and you bust out the grill and you're like oh my gosh this is so good I get why we do this every year <laughs> I grilled two on Sunday and it felt so nice <laughs> <laughs> I was joking that I used every cooking technique possible I roasted slow roasted fried grilled pickled <laughs> oh wow I used, I used a lot of dishes so. <laughs> but it was fun <laughs> that tomato technique that molly mentioned it that really i always have some of those in my fridge they're yeah. so good on burgers i like to do it on blts if i have bacon cooked off and in my fridge they're just like they get jammy you cook, I always get cherry tomatoes, cook them at 225 or 250 for about two and a half hours. And they're a staple. They go on salads. That technique was a game changer for me. I also keep them on hand all times. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, I, you know, was restless. And so I started slow roasting a ton of different veggies to see what would happen to them. Some more successful than others, but (laughs) tomatoes were still the best. (laughs) And I would like to pass along too, Ashley, that one of our cookbook group fans let me know that they tried snooze and said they loved it. 
and it was oh, awesome. Good. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they wanted to give you some props for, <laughs> for the hard work you're putting in. And yeah, they, they said it was delicious. So I'm sure that tomato technique is <laughs> also amazing. <laughs> and then before we go, I would like to ask you both as well. We'll start with you, Molly. Is there anything you've read recently that you want to recommend or things you watched, whether it's cooking related or otherwise? Yeah. So I was thinking about this question, actually. I really hate to admit this, but because I write and edit so much all day, I couldn't even remember the last book I read, which is embarrassing because I went to school for writing. I love reading. I love books. But I wanted to give a shout out, actually, to, to a couple of things. What I do read a ton of is other food coverage. And so in particular, 5280, which again is Denver-based, but they also will cover much uh, they'll, they'll cover a bigger area typically than Westward will, but um, their food team, which is Patty and Rianne, her assistant food editor, they do a beautiful job. There was a recent, I think last month's issue had a really beautiful um, Chinese food feature in it, which beyond just talking about cool restaurants talks a lot about different regional Chinese cuisine, which I thought they did a beautiful job at. And then another local food writer in town, Allison Reedy, who's a regular contributor to 5280 and the Denver Post, and then also has contributed to Bon Appetit, just came out with a, a book called 50 Things to Bake Before You Die. And it's recipes from a ton of famous bakers. And she baked through them all. She's beautiful photography in there. But what I love about this is Allison, and I hope she doesn't mind me outing her, never really cooked a lot <laughs> and has really kind of gone through a process of, of learning how to cook. That's been really cool to watch. And then to see her kind of go through this process of perfecting these recipes from these really talented bakers and the beautiful book that came out of it, just really impressed with her. And she's a really great writer. So if you're able to pick up that new book, which I should have in my hands soon as well, um, and I might even try to bake out of it since <laughs> she has inspired me. Um, yeah, I highly, highly would recommend getting a copy of that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And Ashley, have you been reading anything or watching anything cooking or otherwise lately that you want to recommend? Yeah. So I haven't started it yet, but I'm really excited. I just got the audiobook uh, from my library app on my phone for Ready Player Two. I listened to Ready Player One a couple of months ago and I was like, oh my gosh, people really knew what they were talking about when they said this was great. So I think I listened to that entire audiobook in probably a day. So I'm really excited to listen to the sequel. <laughs> All right. Well, Ashley and Molly, I want to thank you both for being on this episode of the Loveland Libcast. It's always fun to do these, Ashley, and to talk about food. And Molly, thank you so much for being our special guest this time around and talking about Molly Baz and cook this book. So thank you both for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. And I will talk to you all later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time. <laughs>